Hey, welcome to another episode. Today is just me and you chatting, like we're having coffee, and I wanted to address the topics of postpartum depression and anxiety because May, the beginning of May, right before we launched, is Maternal Mental Health Awareness Week. And I just felt like as someone who has overcome postpartum depression and anxiety, that I wanted to share my story in honor of May being mental health awareness and shed some light and just help women feel like that they are not alone in this. If you are feeling that way or uh, if you have a friend who is suffering from postpartum depression and anxiety, that this gives you a little bit of insight as to what was going on in their mind and how they were feeling. So grab your coffee, my friend, and let's chat. Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen, and her podcast, The Busy Years. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hi, I'm Michelle, a sales and profitability strategist, mentor, and captain of your cheering squad. But most importantly, I'm a Midwest wife and mama to two spirited boys, and I'm a lover of learning, family vacations, and nap time. I built my business between the moments of motherhood, and I know that you can do it too. Being a mama is hard, and no one should have to do it alone. That's why I'm bringing women together to share their stories of motherhood, business, and blessings. So grab your coffee, wash your dishes, hey, even take a shower. Because we can do this, friend, in the middle of motherhood. You're listening to the Busy Years Podcast, where motherhood and business meet. Come tired, leave inspired. Okay, friends. So before we start, I feel like I need to just preface that I have no medical background. Um, None of this should be taken as any type of medical knowledge or what you should be doing in your experience and that if you are feeling any of these things that I'm talking about or you are worried that you need to contact a medical professional. The whole point of this podcast today is I just want to share my experience because when I was going through this, I felt that I was the only one feeling like I felt and now I realize that I was not alone in my postpartum journey and what it was like. And so this whole podcast was because I just feel like there's someone out there that needs to hear my story and needs to feel that they're not alone. And God was just putting on my heart to put this out there. So I don't really have a script of anything. I just 
am going to just kind of talk through my postpartum journey and my journey with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and what that looked like and felt like for me, things that helped me. Um, and so I hope that if you are feeling these ways that it just kind of helps you feel like you're not alone. So the first thing that I have to say is that if you are Googling postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and you are Googling the symptoms, if you are reading the blog posts about postpartum anxiety and depression and trying to feel like, do I have this? Maybe I don't. Maybe I do. You probably need to talk to somebody Um, and you need to call your doctor or you need to confide in a close friend. Because that is how, after I had my second son, I find I found myself that I was Googling, trying to figure out, like, well, do I really have it? I mean, am I sure? Because I feel like it's this thing that has this stigma that nobody wants to admit that they have. I think that the stigma around it is getting a little bit better. But especially first-time moms, and if you don't, have a large mom community around you, or you haven't had a lot of friends who have become moms, that the stigma of postpartum depression is that you're weak or that something's wrong with you. And I just want you to know that that is not true. So often I think some women even have postpartum depression or anxiety and don't even realize that that is what's happening to them. Because especially with my first son, I was a first time mom of I was a first time mom and not many of my friends had little kids. And so I just thought that the things that I was feeling were normal. And that's just what happens when you become a mom and, and you just kind of worry more and have, you know, these thoughts. And I've come to learn that that is not true. And I think that when you become a mom, there's some stage of worry, but it's not to the extent that it should cripple you or that you become obsessive is kind of my thoughts and feelings on it. Um, So I just wanted to walk you through the journey of what it was like for me. And I want you to know that as I'm walking through this story, um, I'm coming from a place of peace and healing and understanding of what happened in that time. And so I just wanted to let you know that I'm not coming from a place so of pain or hurt and that I am on the other side of this. And if you are in the dark days, that there is light, that the sun will shine again, you will get over it. And I'm on the other side of this, just kind of letting you know what happened and telling my story. So when I had my first son, looking back, I now know that I had some postpartum depression and probably had PTSD from his birth because his birth was very traumatic for me. And I know that because of the work that I did after having my second son. When I was in the middle of it with my first son, I had no clue. I just thought that the things were normal, like I had talked about. And so... I'm just going to kind of give you a whole story starting from the beginning of my first son, even though I didn't know during these times of these feelings of what it really was. But I just think going chronologically is going to be the best 
and helping you kind of understand and hear my story. So when I had my first son, I was on modified bed rest until he was born. And so after he was born, I got preeclampsia and and that was after birth. So if you're hearing me, like most people get preeclampsia while they're pregnant. And I actually got preeclampsia after I delivered. It's a very small percentage of people that get preeclampsia after they deliver. But his birth was long and hard and ended in a C-section because I couldn't get past three centimeters or not three, six centimeters dilated. And when they went in to take him out, he was his face was like turned towards my hips and his shoulders. So he was never going to come out. And so being having a long, hard labor, I think with him, by the time they decided to C-section me, it was like 20 hours of labor. And then I got C-section and I can remember not feeling well during the C-section. And so they had to push extra drugs. And of course, after a C-section, you are on a lot of pain medication Um, and what we didn't know at that time is I was becoming preeclamptic and pretty sick. And so I actually don't have much memory of his labor, of his birth, of even being in the hospital after I had him. Uh, I was in the hospital for a total of 10 days. I was actually discharged and then readmitted when I went back to the doctor for blood pressure check and I had extremely high blood pressure. And so they had to admit me back to the hospital and put me on mag and all that stuff. I always tell people that his birth is like you go to Las Vegas, that you know, it's a really good time, but you can't quite remember everything because it was all very blurry. Um, if you've not been on magnesium, magnesium makes it very hard to remember things. It just makes you very foggy. It makes you not feel good. And so that was part of the whole birth process of me not remembering very much because I was on magnesium after he was born. And so having that traumatic birth after getting home after, you know, all of my blood pressure is getting leveled out, I struggled because I couldn't remember his birth and I felt like he didn't come out of me. Like I had to have my husband quite a few times walk me through like his birth story, like what happened and what time was it when that happened and who was the nurse at that time and did certain friends come to visit us in the hospital? Because I had friends that I did not even remember them coming to see um, Turner in the hospital. After they had told me and reminded me, they're like, yeah, I remember I sat next to you. We had this whole conversation. And it took me a while to be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you were there. But it's very fuzzy. And some people, like, I just still don't even remember them being there. So... Um, his birth was very traumatic and after having him, nobody told me about the baby blues. No one told me that you were going to have a hormone dump that you just like cried at the dog commercial of the Super Bowl. Um, and so I like just didn't understand and I would be like making dinner at the stove crying and telling my husband, like, I don't know why I'm crying. I don't understand why I'm crying. And 
they normally say that the baby blues pass like within a week. And for me, they did pass within about a week. But the thing that I can now look back and realize where I probably had postpartum with him that maybe you could probably say it was anxiety was I was obsessive that he had all of these first things in his first year before he was one, that he needed to attend all these things. I mean, this kid before he was one probably attended more sporting events, more just outings, things that a lot of people maybe even do in their life. Um, and I became obsessive with that because I, we had a few friends within his first year of birth pass away. And I realized that life was is short. I don't know when I am going to be called home and when God's going to call me home. And so I started to become like obsessive about him completing all of these things in his, in the first year and realizing now looking back, I probably like needed to talk to somebody in that time, you know, to just kind of help with some of the anxieties that like, that uh, that I wasn't going to die. I wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't going anywhere. Nothing was going to happen to any of us. Um, just to kind of help settle some of that. But really when it came to his birth, the thing that was the hardest and took me the longest, and sometimes I feel like I still struggle with it, is that the whole part of not remembering his birth, that I had wanted to have a natural labor and delivery. I didn't want any drugs. I didn't let them give me any drugs until I had been in labor for, at this, I think it was like hour 16. I, I don't even remember, but I now, you know, look back and his labor was just hard, but it it was hard of the fact that I just don't remember him being born and having the C-section. And at that time there were like no clear sheets that they know they put up at some of the hospitals. So I literally didn't see him, you know, like not seeing him come out of my body and you could feel it, but it just wasn't the same. And so I struggled with that for a long time. And I think I struggled with it all the way into my second son after having my second son. I think that is something that if you are going through that, if you have a traumatic birth, that there is a thing such as PTSD. You're not alone in that. You're not alone in feeling like you got gypped or robbed of the birth that you wanted. Um, Sometimes I think it gets hard because, and even my doctor had told me, he's like, but you know, you have to remember there's other people in other places and other countries and other times when they would have died in childbirth because the baby didn't come out. And while that is true, I think, and, and sometimes it is good to remember that, but I think it's also good to sit in and know that if your birth didn't happen as planned, it's okay to kind of mourn that and be sad about that. And, And you need to talk to somebody about that and even just talking through with another friend or another person that had a traumatic birth, I think is so helpful because it, it helps you to feel normal and to not feel alone in that. I want to tell you about the new community that we have over on Facebook for the Busy Years podcast called Hey Mama, Let's Connect. This is a place where you can come and connect with other like-minded women 
just like you who are in the busy years of motherhood that are chasing their dreams and looking for more. This is a place where you can come and share the amazing things that you're currently doing, get advice, ask questions, and get more information on the Busy Years podcast episodes. I'm going to be in there every now and again, teaching live, answering your questions. And I hope that this is a place where you can come and feel community in these busy years of motherhood. Come tired, leave inspired, my friends. Check out this episode's show notes for a link to the group or head to michellehagan.com slash podcast to get connected. With my second son, um, he was actually a VBAC, which means vaginal birth after C-section. So he was born normally, but his labor was long and hard as well, and in preparing for his labor, I wanted to be back so bad, but knew that it might not be the case because my body didn't do it once. And my doctor was allowing me to have a trial labor, but they kind of had prepped me to not get my hopes up. And, um, so I just was aware of that the whole time. And with him though, his pregnancy was hard. I had gotten a virus with him and I didn't want to talk about it with anybody. Um, I didn't talk about it with any anybody, really. And I still don't necessarily talk about a ton of it. But, um, and that is probably someday will be a whole, it's whole own podcast episode. But I had a virus with him. I had to be monitored during my pregnancy with him just to make sure that he was still progressing correctly and, and growing and that was just really hard. And looking back, I can see that my postpartum depression probably stemmed from a lot of that because I was putting on this face of, it's all fine. He's healthy. We're all healthy. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. When in my head, I kind of was always constantly worrying. And I wish that in that time, someone would have pushed me to go to go to a counselor, that they would have encouraged me to um, go to a counselor or seek support groups or something like that. Um, so I'm a huge proponent of if you are having a high-risk pregnancy for any reason that you go to a counselor or you find someone that you can confide in because you need to voice your opinions and what you're feeling because I've learned that by shutting those feelings off, it's really bad for you. It's bad for your brain. It's bad for your body. It just shuts down lots of things. Um, and so if you are just struggling in your pregnancy, I really encourage you to go and talk to somebody. It's not saying that you necessarily like have to be on meds or anything like that, but just talk to somebody about it, of what you are truly feeling. And um, I think that that is super helpful. But I didn't talk to anyone in that time. So um, with his birth, it was long. It was hard. I did end up having a VBAC and and it was in thanks to my best friend coming and kind of being in dueling basically for me. I can remember I finally, I just couldn't take it anymore and they had given me an epidural and I sent her a text and I had felt like 
I needed to be moved and the nurse didn't come in and move me. And I told Jake, I was like, you need to move me. And he wouldn't move me with the epidural in. So I texted my best friend and I was like, I need you here right now. I need you here. I need you to come move me. I need to be moved every 30 minutes to try to progress. And so she came and I to this day still think that without her, I probably wouldn't have gotten my V back because she coached me through every piece of it of relaxing and letting my body go. And I am so thankful to her for that. And she is just a blessing and her calling is labor and delivery. And she's amazing. It was interesting because I thought that it was going to be like glorious and he was going to be born and it would be like warm and fuzzy because I had a VBAC and all these things. And it was, and it wasn't. And I think that it was because I went into labor late at night, like I hadn't slept. It was super long by the time he was born and I was tired. So I feel like I remember, I thought that I would just remember his birth more and I necessarily didn't, but, um, I don't think that that isn't what cause the postpartum, but just know that even if you're like, gosh, I just feel like I should remember the birth of my baby more. I think it's kind of God's way of helping us so that we will have more kids that we don't necessarily remember everything in full vivid detail. I think that some of that is very glamorized by you know, movies and media that we think that this baby's going to be born and it's all these warm and fuzzy feelings and it is and it isn't. But with him, my postpartum didn't set in for a few weeks. I really struggle with postpartum. My body just takes a long time to heal. But with him, I had gotten the baby blues again, just like my first, but they never went away. And I would just be like sitting at the dinner table and I just would cry and there would be no reason. And I would just cry because my husband made me dinner and I felt bad that he made dinner and that I should be making dinner. And, um, I was just exhausted and I was really tired, but I feel like people think that, well, if I have postpartum depression, it means that I'm not getting out of bed. And for me, that was not the case. I still got out of bed every day because I had to. I had to take care of my oldest son, who was two at the time of my second son's birth, and he was a wild two. Like, we had to put a chain lock on the front door because he was escaping while I was nursing, and it was super stressful. Uh, but I had to get up. I had to function. I had to feed my kids. I had to keep going. But... I just still have like a lot of sadness and then the sadness kind of turned into anxiety and then almost sometimes turned into anger. And with the anxiety, I had never really experienced anxiety before I worried about things, but it became anxiety to the point where I was worried that I was going to drop my son like down the steps like standing at the top of the stairs and I would think in my head, if I walk down the steps, I'm going to drop him and I'm going to see him go like head over foot and he's going to fall down the stairs and die. Or 
I was terrified of going to the any store because both of my kids had blonde hair and blue eyes and someone was going to steal them. And I would be in the store and I would literally be panicking like on the inside. I was very good at hiding it. I feel like on the outside or that people couldn't see or like understand because I looked normal on the outside, but I didn't feel normal on the inside. And I had a lot of anxieties around just a lot of random things. And then with the postpartum, and I feel like it, I'm not medical, so I don't know the difference of, is it the postpartum or is it the anxieties? But I had these thoughts that were in my head that were not good. They were thoughts of, well, if I just dropped him when he was crying, he would stop crying. But as soon as that thought came into my head, I knew that it was not normal and it was not okay. And I shouldn't be thinking that. Or, you know, it'd be like, oh, well, if I just drive the car off the side of the road, like then I'll just get hurt and I'll go to the hospital and get a break. Those are not normal things. And I thought that no one else had bad thoughts in their head. And I had even worse thoughts of that than that until I was at Mops and they had someone come and tell her story and she told her story of that her postpartum was so bad and that she knew that it was bad because she had thought one day like, well, what if I just put my baby in the fire? What would happen to him? But in the next thought, she knew that that was not rational. And I can remember thinking, oh my gosh, I wasn't alone. Like it's, I'm not alone in this. Um, that was helpful to me kind of in some of that to know that I wasn't alone. And so that's also part of why I really just wanted to tell this story and hope that something in here helps someone feel like that they are not alone. Um, it got to the point that I think I had went to my six week appointment maybe, and I just didn't say anything to my doctor about it, but I was still crying all the time. And my husband said to me, Either you call the doctor tomorrow or I'm going to call him. And so that took a lot of courage to like call and visit and verbally say out loud to someone else, I need help. And I didn't really know and I didn't want to take meds because at that time I thought like, oh, I'm not crazy. I don't want to take anything, which is not true. And so I had agreed. I said, okay, I'll go talk to a counselor. And I had never been to a counselor. And I told my husband, I was like, this is stupid. Why am I going to this? What's the difference going to be? I talked to my husband. I talked to my best friend. How is a counselor anything going to help? But I agreed to go because I said I would. And I went. And the first appointment that I went to, I just cried and I verbal vomited all of these feelings and all of this stuff that I was feeling about my first son's birth and my current son's birth and all of these things that I was feeling that I didn't even know I had bottled up inside. And she helped me identify a lot of the things of why I was feeling that way. And so I just think that it's important to know that you are not weak If you go see a counselor or you decide to take meds, that it's not something that you have to be on forever or you have to go do forever. Um, So I went to the counselor, we talked through things, and it got to the point where all I could do was either go to the counselor, I could go to the gym, and I could come home and I could turn the TV on. Both of my sons were also 
born in the winter and so going out and going other places just wasn't necessarily an option because it's so cold here in Nebraska. But working with the counselor, it helped me to just realize that it was like, okay, just make a list of the things that you did today so that you feel like you accomplished something or make a list of healthy snacks or make a list of the places that I felt comfortable going so that like for some reason I couldn't go to Hy-Vee, but I could go to Costco. Why could I go to Costco? That's a big, massive store over like the grocery store that's down the street from my house. I don't know but that's just in my mind what I could do. So I only did the things that I felt good about and that I could do. And we just worked through a lot of the anxieties that I had and how could we overcome them and worked on strategies. And it was weird because I had never been an indecisive person in my entire life. I am one of the people where I like make the decision and I go and that's it. We're done. And that's a decision we're making. But I was having anxieties over like, what stroller am I going to take on the airplane? Because I also thought it was a good idea (laughs) to fly to Florida by myself to see my parents with both of my kids alone. But I was literally having panic attacks over, do I take a double stroller? Do I take a jogger stroller? Do I take an umbrella stroller? How am I going to take them both? Can I keep the baby strapped to me? How am I going to get the one in the seat? And I was obsessive about it. And so it came down to my counselor actually saying, you're taking the single jogging stroller. And then I was like, okay. (laughs) And, um, but it's just writing down, like, what were those fears in my head? Why was I feeling that way? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? What's the best thing that's going to happen if I take action and then picking something and moving forward? But, It just was hard because it even came to the point of like, I didn't want to pick dinner. So I was asking my two-year-old, what do you want for dinner today? What should mommy make? Do you want this or do you want that? Because I just didn't want to make the decision. But it came down to them being like, okay, I'm going to make a list of things for dinner for this week. And I have these five options. So I need to choose one of these. And um, those things helped. And so going to a counselor. And then mine was bad enough that when I went to the counselor, she was like, you're pretty deep down in this. Like this is, it's bad. You know, you have this pretty bad. And then I was like, oh really? Like I didn't think that it was that bad. (laughs) But, um, I made the choice that I did take some medication for a while and it was very helpful to me just to kind of get me over that hump until I started feeling better. And, And I think that it becomes this stigma that like, oh, well, after a few months, you'll just all of a sudden feel better and that's it and it's over. And that's not the case when it comes to postpartum depression. It is something that like you have to work on and it's gradual little steps and that you will feel better. And for me, I even had a time where I felt really good and then I kind of had something that I watched and it triggered me and it triggered anxiety and I was just really struggling and had some issues And so I went back on meds for a little while and then I came back off and I felt a lot better. And so it's just continually choosing to walk forward every day, even if that means that you got up, you brushed your teeth, fed the kids and did one activity for the day and then choose to try to maybe do one more thing the next day if you feel like you are deep in postpartum. But I just hope that kind of by sharing these little tidbits of my story helped somebody to know that you are not alone, that, um, 
it's okay that you feel the way that you feel if you are struggling, but it's also okay that you need to get help. You need to ask somebody for help, whether it be your spouse, a friend, or you call your doctor and know that you are not weak for anything that you are feeling. So my friends, I hope that by sharing this was helpful to you and maybe if you have never had postpartum or you have friends that are having babies and maybe this will help you recognize some pieces in them of what they're thinking, what they're going through. And if you feel like you see a friend that is struggling or that they have postpartum, I encourage you to be the person to step up to help them identify that they need help, that they need to talk to somebody and see somebody because really, truly, without seeking medical professionals, Yes, you can get over it, but you need to make sure that you have a team walking beside you. So, my friends, there is light on the other side of the tunnel. You will walk in the light again. Times will get better. You will feel better. And um, I hope that this was helpful. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Busy Years Podcast. This episode's show notes and all past episode show notes can be found at michellehagan.com slash podcast. I would love to put a face to the listener. Come over and join me on Instagram at michelleannhagan. Or you can join me in our private Facebook community just for the Busy Years podcast listeners called Hey Mama, Let's Connect. This is a community where you can dig in a little bit deeper to your dreams, share your dreams out loud with like-minded people, let people cheer you on in what you are currently doing to chase your dreams, and learn a little bit more about our episodes, and I'll even pop in there every once in a while to teach live. I can't wait to see you and meet you, my friends. Hey mama, did you need someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams? that you can take action in the middle of motherhood, I just wanted to pop in and give you another reminder, friend, that you got this. You can do this in the middle of motherhood, no matter how busy the years get.